Welcome to the Holistic Health Podcast, beautiful humans. If a professional, polished, well-edited podcast is what you're after, then move right on. If, however, you love unfiltered banter, unedited bloopers, authentic heart sharing, and a very generous dash of holistic health education, then you're in the right place. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Holistic Health Podcast. Take two, I almost forgot to press record. I gave Amy permission to record and then I was like, oh, I feel like there's a missing step here. (laughs) You caught it. You're a seasoned professional. Oh, just, just, there's nothing. I think it's only happened to me once before with Kate in the previous podcast that we had where I forgot to hit record and I was mortified. I was like, no, how could I forget? So anyway, it hasn't touch wood hasn't happened um since then. So we love we love avoiding a a near a near miss there. Um I think I'm just so excited to talk about this episode because it's kind of a little bit of a fun one. And what I wanted to start with is to give you some context in in which we're sharing this episode. So obviously or maybe not obviously, if you are a long-time listener, you know that, you know, what we promote is really trying to focus the large majority of your diet on a nutrient-dense diet, and that's going to look different for everybody in terms of the actual intricacies of that. Mm. And also, we have come from a place of not eating a nutrient-dense diet, and also we are still human, so there are some things from time to time, either personally or that we get asked about all the time in terms of healthier replacements to things that we often find ourselves excluding when we start to move more towards a whole food-based diet or eliminating completely. So we kind of wanted to have a bit of fun with this in going, okay, if we were to try and find alternatives to some of the most common mainstream products that you know people would go to as treats or even as just like everyday staples what are some of the things we've tried and we've enjoyed and you can take or leave any of these and i'm you know we did actually when we did our episode on i think it was it was either alternatives to alcohol or making i think it was actually making better choices around alcohol and we were we were educating people on, okay, like if you are going to drink, um, then what is some better options? We had someone write in, um, hi, if you're listening and give us feedback that they didn't think it was appropriate that we were, um, health professionals sharing better, you know, better ways to drink alcohol basically. (laughs) Um, and so if you feel triggered by our sharing, healthier versions of non-healthy foods, then you can just tune out right now because that's exactly what we're going to be doing without (laughs) any shame. Um, Because I actually think for some people, having stepping stones is really helpful. Mm. It really is. I think so too. And also like everyone's at a different place on their journey. And Nat and I are in a bit of a bubble of our own with colleagues and health conscious friends. But for a lot of people who are still eating, and I use this term loosely, but a standard Australian diet, mm-hmm. um, you know, cereal for breakfast and does maybe have, you know, 10 to 20 drinks on the weekend and, you know, fizzy drinks and things like that. Like there's a there's a big gap between going from that to eating like a whole food paleo diet, assuming that would be best for them. 
And the other part of the picture is everyone goes through a purist phase. Sometimes people do that more than once. (laughs) (laughs) I cracked coconuts in my backyard with an axe to make my own coconut. Matt does not do things by halves, friends. She, man, she has- came out and she was like, Natalie, Natalie, um, what are you doing? There's a gas pipe underneath where you're cracking <laughs> coconuts in the backyard in your underwear with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> Darling, you are a special soul. You're such a special soul. <laughs> but which we're saying we've been in the purest side and we've, of course, growing up as kids, had our parents' version of a standard Australian or, if in my case, Kiwi diet. And everything in between. And look, if you would like to stay in the purest realm, you are welcome to. But I checked out of that place a long time ago and much prefer to live a life where the foundation of my day-to-day living is whole food and healthy. And as a result, I get to have naughty things whenever I want. But here's the balancing act that we're going to share with you today. If you want to do this on a regular basis and not have negative health consequences, there is a middle ground where there are healthier versions of things that are not so great for your health that we just can't wait to tell you about today. Yes, yes. And uh, these are largely tried and tested. Hashtag you're welcome. Um, (laughs) And a few are... Well, actually, I'm going to say that most of them we've tried and we've tried to divide and conquer in terms of things that we like and have tried. So I'm actually going to I'm just going to dive right into the ice cream category because you know how everyone tends to have like something in that kind of desserty space that's like their thing that they just love. Maybe for you, it's more than one, or maybe you just don't like desserts at all. I actually could like I really don't care about cakes, muffins, cookies chocolate that much, but I love ice cream. Um, But I also am someone that does not feel well at all with having dairy. Um, So I've took it upon myself uh, as a gift to you all uh, in years that have passed. And I continue down this, this, you know, very adventurous path of trying all the different kinds of coconut milk or dairy-free ice creams. And I'm going to kick it off with some of my favorites. So, well, actually, before I do, one thing I would say is if you're just trying to create like the texture and like the flavor-ish of ice cream, but you're not actually wanting to go down the path of something that has ingredients that aren't whole foods, what I would say is a great hack is just using frozen bananas and adding in either some nut butter, some cacao powder, some um, flavoured collagen powder, and that's a great way to kind of create that creamy texture and consistency without it necessarily being ice cream in the same sense. However, I don't mind doing that from time to time, but to be honest, I love an ice cream here and there. So my favourite brands are Panna, um, and in particular – I love their chocolate hazelnut ripple one. It's all sweet baby Jesus. It's like heaven <laughs> in a tub. I like I honestly that's like my heart just melts a little bit inside when I take a spoonful. Um so that would be my like one of my favorites. I also really love the mint choc chip in their brand as well. It's like quite refreshing and I'm not 
I'm not someone that actually likes mint choc chip ice cream outside of Panna. I'm usually just a bit like, why would I want to feel like I'm brushing my teeth while I eat ice cream? Mm -hmm. However, someone had this flavor once and I tried some. And since then I have been absolutely converted. The other brands that I like are um, Zebra, but I don't know if they're actually still making it. Maybe they are. I just haven't seen them around, but Zebra Dream and also Donata can be a good option if you can tolerate some dairy. So the dairy that's in there is usually a little bit of cream and sometimes some milk solids. I'm actually fine with tolerating just a little bit of that. And Donata, I I feel like I prefer their ice cream pops, like their, um, I think they're called ice cream pops more than their actual ice cream tubs. But what I would say is in terms of the least ingredients, the Donata ice cream tubs would be better than the pops. But we're not really worried about that in this episode. We're just talking about better options. So that would be my ice cream suggestions. I have tried other ones, like I've tried the Halo ones and oh, they're all right, but I feel like the other brands do a better job. I've also tried, what else have I tried? Um, I can't remember what it's called. I'll have to circle back to it, but I have tried a few of the other ones that are in the supermarket. Just don't rate them as as much mm-hmm. as I do. I think Panna would be number one, followed by zebra followed by donata oh i love that i thank you ice cream queen first and foremost <laughs> research you are a very thorough oh, yeah. investigator oh, yeah. um and i'm so glad you are because ice cream for me i don't really ever think about it and you know whenever i have it i'm like oh that is really nice but it's not something that is my go-to mm-hmm. for a dessert so appreciate that that being said i have experienced the frozen banana blended with macadamia nuts and sea salt before mm-hmm. and that is heaven uh yeah. shout out to one of our best friends brad baker <laughs> he probably doesn't listen to this but if he is um he's all the way in germany at the moment with his beautiful little family but he used to make us that uh when we lived in manly oh, together man. and it was so good it was such a treat um, but just on the extension of frozen desserts, I also want to just throw out there something that I do often have in the freezer over summer is the no sugar freezies. And these are little ice blocks or icy poles um, that you can just buy from the supermarket. Woolies stock them. They are, they use natural flavors. They use, I think, a bit of stevia and erythritol. So be mindful of the sugar alcohol content, but they're quite small. And they're just such a refreshing treat on a really hot summer day when you feel like an ice block. Mm. Um, so that's my little contribution to to the frozen section. Can, of can the you just sex- remind people why you're saying be mindful of the sugar alcohol? Because oh. <laughs> some people are going to be like, what do you mean? I'm just going to YOLO this. And uh, Mate, do not YOLO. Live to this journey, friends, and she will she will warn you <laughs> off that. So just remind people why they don't want to oh, uh, overdo the erythritol. Yes. Okay. So sugar alcohols include xylitol, maltitol, erythritol. And they are like a natural way of getting something where it doesn't sort of count towards the carb count. Um, Keto fans will know how this works, but it gives a sweet taste. They also use this for diabetics as well because it doesn't impact blood sugar and insulin. Anyway, 
I don't even know what episode we spoke about this in, but for anyone who's missed one of my many poo <laughs> escapades, this was, I almost blew out my rectum. Okay. It was, <laughs> it was so bad. I was driving around with two friend lollies. Um, so I had these really nice sugar-free lollies, you know, diabetic friendly, no artificial sweetener. So it was all like sorbitol, I think. And they were raspberry. They were delicious. And I was running errands. Um, I was, I lived in Sydney and I was meeting my mum for lunch at Bondi Junction later. <clears throat> and I had a bunch of things I'd do on the way. I may have missed breakfast. Can't, I must have missed breakfast because I was just hoeing into those lollies like oh, nobody's yeah. business. And you know, when you're not really thinking about how much you're eating, I absolutely lost track. Like I have absolutely no idea. It was a big bag. Anyway, (laughs) what happens with sugar alcohols is they ferment in the gut and they cause gas. Now, if you're lucky, you might just have a few too many. You might feel a little bit distended. You may have a bit of gas. You may have a bit of diarrhea. Well, times that by a (laughs) hundred. By the time I, I got feel to uncomfortable just listening to this in my Honestly, gut. It is one of the most painful things I've ever experienced in my life. By the time I got to lunch, I could hardly stand up. My gut was so distended. My entire intestinal tract was like, you know, when you've blown a balloon up to that point where it's almost yeah. about to burst, that was my tummy. And I sat there trying to eat lunch with my mum, and I was just basically oh. pretending to eat. I was like, cutting the smallest bites and chewing and like just not really even swallowing because I couldn't put anything more in there. And I had to walk up the stairs. It was at Bondi Pizza. I don't know if it's still there, but the bathroom was upstairs. And I honestly didn't know if I was going to make it up there before leaving something behind on the staircase. Oh, and it's so graphic. Like the 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 farts that come with sugar alcohols are something else. They open doors. They open they they are they are ruthless tuber in an orchestra yeah (laughs) and there's no you can't even you know how sometimes if you need to fart and you're like oh I used to do this on dates I'd be too you know I'd be really nervous and I feel nerves in my digestive tract and then I'd get like this urge to fart and I'd be like no stay don't don't fart I can't fart now I really (laughs) like this person and it's like you feel that feeling, but you cannot do anything about it. And it no. just comes out and then you often shart. It's yes, just... you do. <laughs> I don't know what guardian angel worked overtime to prevent that from happening to me, but it was a goddamn <laughs> Christmas miracle. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So it's, you know, if you're having these things in small amounts, it's generally not a problem. We're more just like, don't be that person that goes, oh, sugar-free, amazing. I can have as many of these as I want. It's you can, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna have a fun time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did the research for you and you're yeah. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Okay. So sorry, where were we? We were <laughs> we're moving on to cereal now. Let's talk about cereal. And I want to just put my favorite one in the mix before I hand it Go over to you. It. Um, I've tried a lot of, first of all, I had a lot of shitty cereals as a child. So, Mm. you know, cereal is not a food group that we would promote, 
or encourage you to have. However, old habits die hard. Sometimes you just want a light, sweeter breakfast. And if you're going to have cereal, there are definitely better choices than others. And for me, the holy grail is Farmer Joe's gluten-free paleo granola in salted maple cashew. Oh, stop it. Oh, it is like crack. Like it's so good. Like a lot of the paleo, like gluten-free ones can be a bit tasteless, a bit cardboardy, a bit hard, a bit like empty on the soul level. Mm. (laughs) Like doesn't scratch the itch. Yeah. Friends, Woolworths, uh, the spiritual home of Farmer Joe's, gluten-free paleo. I haven't tried her other flavor, but the salted maple cashew is to die for. Oh, I, yeah, I could imagine that. Here's my theory, because I, my favorite texture ever is crunch. And this is why I actually think people really do like cereal, like beyond the convenience. Mm -mm. I think when at least for me and when I've spoken to different clients about this, when like they miss it, they're like, I just miss like the crunch, you know? And so I love that one that you've just mentioned. And also what I've done in the past, I think I might've done this for Bo, who's my husband, when I was slowly working my magic and transitioning him from a standard Australian diet to eating more whole foods. And he was such a cereal person. I got a I got a bunch of different things from the health food shop. I remember getting um rice flakes or no, yeah, rice flakes, um buckwheat groats like cuz they're crunchy. Um and I also got goji berries, activated nuts cuz the activated nuts tend to be extra crunchy and activated seeds and cacao nibs and then I um mixed that all together And I mean, I ended up just giving him that as is, but what you can do is actually mix that with a bit of coconut oil and a drizzle of honey and bake it in the oven um, just a little bit because it'll make it extra just delicious. Mm. And then um, that provides a bit of the crunch. And then another little hack that you can do if this is a bit of a transition step for you and you're looking at that and you're identifying or I'm identifying for you, that's still pretty low in protein. You can mix some collagen powder or some flavor, like some chalk flavored um, protein powder with some unsweetened nut milk and pour that over it and have it as cereal. And that way, sure, it's not as like nutrient dense as having what we'd usually suggest for breakfast, but it's a pretty good option, you know, add in some berries and there's a, you know, a fairly good balance of macronutrients there. And provided you don't go YOLO on the goji berries and honey, it's not that high in um, sugar either. So Mm. yeah, I think there's definitely ways around these things. Oh, I love that. That sounds so delicious. And I guess, you know, before we hit record, we were talking about like good, better, best, you know, Mm. if you want to live in the purest camp and never have cereal and only ever have, you know, organic pasture raised eggs with leafy greens and that's, that suits you, all power to you. Um, I admire that. And then at the other end of the spectrum of people who are currently still having very refined, you know, products for Mm. breakfast and you generally can't make the leap from one to the other that sustainably. I think people's taste buds need time to 
acclimate and, you know, and sort of increase new habits. So, you know, Farmer Joe's is a great sort of easy off the shelf one. And then if you can start make custom making your own granola with your own bits at home, like that's the the ideal, isn't it? But you don't have to start there if, if that feels too far away. Yeah. And I also think that sometimes there's someone that's in the middle where they actually really enjoy being like mostly like, you know, quote unquote purist or eating like a really clean, it's such a funny word to describe a diet, but I guess people are going to understand what we mean when we say that, eat that that way. However, they also just occasionally like, oh gosh, I would really love a little bit of ice cream, cereal, you know, bread, whatever it might be, but I really don't want to feel as shit as I used to feel when I was having the, you know, the proper version. So this is also a good kind of strategy or for you to to kind of feel like you've satiated that craving from time to time without necessarily having something that's really going to make you feel quite unwell. Mm, yeah, love that idea. All right. So lollies, lollies is up next. Mm. Um, I So I think a, the best option here would be to actually DIY some gummies. You can use collagen, like gelatin, I should say. So not the collagen that actually dissolves, but the gelatin that mm. forms like a gel. And there's lots of different, you know, gut healing gummy type recipes. Um, you can make various things using gelatin and um it's quite simple once you get the hang of it. And that can be a really good option to just satisfy that craving a little bit. If you're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, Thanks anyway. And you are thinking, okay, well, what's another okay option or a step in the right direction? There's a brand called Fun Day um, and they are in the supermarket, probably in the health food shops as well. I do think they could do a little bit of a better job in terms of ingredients. There's just a couple of things in there that I'm like, oh, really wouldn't like this on a regular basis. But again, like it's not something that hopefully you're going to be consuming regularly. So if you're just looking to, you know, bring in a variety or step in the right direction, that could be an option. But I'm they do use sugar alcohol. So uh, insert previous warning. <laughs> yeah be very very careful there my friends I love those ideas um and for the chocolate lovers we have got some suggestions for you as well um Nat I know you've got a few favorite brands and then I might give some of my homemade tips after that what do you think yeah so I think if you're struggling to go from like regular chocolate to you know 85 90 percent dark chocolate chocolate. One simple thing is just to gradually step up the percent. So it might be going from dairy milk chocolate to like a, you know, a 60%, then to a 70%, then to an 80% kind of situation. So that's one option that you can do. If you're someone who's more like a chocolate bar type person and you aren't interested in just the block chocolate, you want a little bit of something else, I would say Loco Love do delicious chocolates. Um, I've only ever been gifted some for, I think it was a Christmas present for my team and they were so yummy. The only reason I haven't bought them more is because they're so expensive <laughs> um, and I don't love chocolate enough to to warrant that. If it was an ice cream, I'd totally fork out, you know, $6 for the little thing. Um, but that that's a really good option. 
Mm. Um, because some of them do have that more like chewy texture or crunchy texture, or there's just like a little bit more going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, a bit more interesting in the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were debating Panna chocolate. So my take on the, I love Panna ice cream mm. and I like the taste of Panna chocolate, but I don't like the texture. And that's only because it's quite like fudgy and, and mm. like smooth and soft mm. in a mm. way. Whereas again, like I'm a crunch person. So it's not that I think they've done a bad job. It's just not to my texture liking. Yes. And as someone who likes the crunchiness, I can absolutely see why it just misses the mark for you. Um, I personally do really like it, um, but I do know exactly what you mean. It kind of melts really quickly and it kind of dissolves in your mouth. And if you do try and bite into it, it's sort of, it gives way almost like a fudge rather than a breaking like a chocolate. Mm-hmm. Um And also, I think it depends on the flavor. Like you were saying about the ice cream, you know, certain flavors just don't do it for you. I know it's the same with the pan of chocolate. My favorite is the orange, the chocolate orange, but Mm -hmm. other people would say mixing orange with chocolate is disgusting and I'm a heathen. It's like pineapple on a pizza. Good combo. Are you a a yes for pineapple on pizza? Yes. 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 Proud, proud. You can come at me in my DMs all you want. I will never (laughs) back down. But I I do understand there are people who are like, fruit shouldn't be on a pizza. Hate to break it to you, but tomato is also a fruit, but we won't go there. But we're not going to start a fight. But we're not going to start a fight. You are you are welcome to have your pizza and your burger without pineapple, and you can just leave me to enjoy mine. Okay, um, but- wait, quick side piece here. Were yeah. you ever the person who dipped your Macca's chips in your McFlurry or your ice cream? No. Okay, thank God. What the no. F, people? I know that some people listening are going to be like, hey, you obviously haven't tried it. I have tried it back in the day. I think it's one of the worst ideas humans have ever invented. Why? Yes. And it's right up there with using potato chips to scoop into ice cream. So I tried that one thinking like, what's the deal? And I did not get it. Like I kind of get the salt, the sweet, the soft, the crunchy, like in theory, but it was no. disgusting. I think no. And chips on. also don't belong on a sandwich. You might be a fan of that one, but I also. No, I'm okay. Used to I'm do okay that to all the time. And I just, I was, I used to get really, I got really stressed about it because I felt like he was getting more chips because he was hiding them in his sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. I, uh, we don't need to bring uh, any of that into here. Let's, um, chocolate, let's chocolate. Ready your back. homemade chocolate ideas. Yeah. Okay. So I have shared a few times on social media already that I'm a big fan of the true protein collagen hot chocolate. It's delicious. I get 10 grams of protein per serve. Their formulation is spectacular. It's it's just the right amount of everything, creaminess, sweetness, um, divine. Of course, you can also make your own with cacao powder and, you know, coconut milk and a bit of maple or whatever you like um, at home if you're looking for like a hot chocolatey drink. Um, but I also am a big fan of making chocolate bark and also my own chocolate peanut butter cups. Because if I have to admit <laughs> on air, like if if I was going to be a junk food addict, Reese's peanut butter cups would be it. I just think that sweet salt peanut chocolate combination is to die for. So when you said chocolate hazelnut ripple for the ice cream, I'm like, I get it. The nut and the chocolate is just, 
I'm bringing this to our next date night. Yes, yes. <laughs> after we after. are we are going to leave the the men downstairs while we eat the ice cream. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my god! Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but you can actually make these. I love the chocolate bark. I actually like making chocolate bark for special occasions and treats. And it's basically melting dark chocolate onto a baking tray and you can add it to add to it anything you want. So for Christmas, I made one with like cinnamon and orange essential oil with coconut shavings, Mm, orange zest. Yeah. And rose petals. It was very fancy. Um, and it's just a bit thinner. It's got the nice crunch factor. You can obviously customize the flavor however you want. If you like it a bit creamier, you could add your own cream or coconut milk, but it just allows you to kind of control what goes into it um, and the quality of those ingredients as well. Um, but the other one is the nut butter cups. Now these are, sorry, I should just finish that thought. Chocolate bark then needs to go in the freezer to set, FYI. <laughs> Mm. Um, and if you make it with coconut oil, which is one way to do it, you then have to keep it in the fridge or it will melt at room temperature, depending on where you live. Um, but with the chocolate nut butter cups, <clears throat> again, there's multiple variations on how you can do this. You can use peanut butter, but there are several reasons why peanut butter may not suit your health goals or your own constitution. So something like almond butter would work equally as well and truly is just as delicious. And you just get muffin cups and you melt dark chocolate. You can put a bit of coconut oil in there if you want a bit silkier, but you just pour that in the base, pop it in the freezer and let it set, pull it out, put a dab of nut butter in the middle and then pour melted chocolate on the top, put it back in the freezer, um, but not before putting some sea salt crystals on the top. And they are honestly like... I f- they satisfy me as much as a Reese's peanut butter cup, even though they're not as oh, sweet. Big call. Yeah. I know. I know it's a big call. I mean, if you had a real sweet tooth, you could maybe add a little bit of maple as you're sort of transitioning your palate off sweets. Um, but I feel like that's a really nice way to make, you know, a nutrient dense whole food alternative to something mm. that obviously is really yummy, but isn't great if you're eating it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Mm. Love, love, love it. Okay. Let's move on to some chippies. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, uh, I'm unfortunately not a seasoned professional in the, um, the steps to take to transition in terms of, I haven't tried that many. I have some theoretical ideas around it and what from clients I can share, but Amy, I also know that you have a few ideas up your sleeve. So let's just jump right to the the expert uh, out of the two of us. Um, <laughs> and share. I feel like I'm being outed. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the truth is if I'm ever going to have chips, it's salt and vinegar. Um, but this is probably where I get my crunch from, actually. Mm. I do like that and I do like flavor, which is why salt and vinegar I really like. I If you ever bring me plain salted chips, we're not, we can't be friends. Like yeah. you can eat them, but I will not be eating them. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that. Salt and vinegar when I was younger was my absolute favorite. And if I was to go out and choose a chip flavor now, it would definitely be that. Yeah. Yeah. But look, if you're a chicken fan or you like sweet chili or something like that, this conversation is still relevant for you. 
So there's a few different options. So first of all, you can get chips made out of other things other than potato. Now, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer on potato. Potatoes are great. Um, But for some people, potato chips can be really problematic with their blood sugar, their insulin. um, And obviously, they're a starchy carbohydrate. And, you know, if you were to sit down and eat a baked potato, you'd probably have one. You could easily get through three or four potatoes, maybe more if you're really into it when you're eating chips, which is, you know, on the balance of how much energy you need during the day, probably a little out of whack with what you're actually needing. Mm. So if this is something that you do like to snack on regularly, I would experiment with trying other chip bases. So um, locust, locust, oh God, not locust chips. No, I take that back. I mean, if you want to try, I know the World Economic Forum is trying to get us to all eat bugs. So if you want cricket and locust <laughs> chips, go for it. But uh, I will not be doing maybe it. Maybe we've stumbled upon like a gap in the market here. Uh, well, maybe, maybe, but <laughs> But let's not, let's just go down with the... I meant lotus. So lotus root is a really nice crunchy but higher fiber um, starch form of chip that you can do. You can also get chips that are made out of chickpeas or peas and you might find they suit you better. They're higher in fiber so you fill up more easily and you can get them in the same flavors that you otherwise would really love. And I've certainly enjoyed like trying some of those other things, but my preferred alternative is actually popcorn. Mm. And there's a couple of ways you can do this. I adore the Cobbs brand. They do a salt and vinegar, which is honestly, they are not stingy on flavor. So whatever flavor you get, it's just, it's like Red Rock Deli with their potato chips. You know how just are the premium chip where they're just so generous with their flavorings? Cobbs are like that with their popcorn. So I would get salt and vinegar popcorn instead of salt and vinegar chips. So I get to enjoy the same kind of flavor, but a better overall health balance. Now, I've also experimented with making my own. Now, I know a lot of people are a bit time poor um, and maybe not necessarily something that you've got capacity to do at this season of your life. But if you do, you can actually experiment a lot with adding your own flavors. And, And I did. I experimented with making my own salt and vinegar flavor. Um, I tried actually making boiling down white vinegar and salt, um, mm. but I found it was just simpler to um, use, you know, those hairdresser like um, spritzer bottles they use to wet your hair. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Just using that to spray it with vinegar and then sprinkling it with salt was a lot less hassle. Um, but you can also spray it with like olive oil and then sprinkle on, you know, nutritional yeast Um paprika, like smoked paprika, garlic and onion powder. Like there's so many options that you can experiment with. And then of course, if you, if you're wanting to be uber, I want to use the word healthy, but let's, we're talking to the purists here who aren't into starches full stop. Um, Seaweed snacks are also Mm -hmm. great. So, you know, I, I love that you can buy them now, but I don't love that they use seed oils. There's and one brand that doesn't. They use olive oil and I can't remember it off the top of my head. I'm going to have to look. Olive okay. Oil. I'll let you have a look and maybe we'll we'll share it on socials when the episode comes out. But you can, of course, make your own. And it can be as simple as, again, just spraying the 
nori sheets with a dusting of olive oil and then sprinkling on your seasoning and then dehydrating it just so it dries and sticks and cutting it up. And that's a really fun way to get some flavor into your life. Great source of iodine and fiber um, that is basically like eating fresh air. So if you've already got a pretty full day on a plate, like those are a really nice thing to grab just to kind of scratch the snack itch, but without sort of overdoing it. Ooh, I found the brand. It's <gasps> called Gimme Organic Extra Virgin Olive Oil Premium Roasted Seaweed. Oh, hallelujah. Gimme Organics. You guys are legends. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> love it. Love it. That's, yeah, that's heaps of, and also I bloody love your commitment to the recipe creation and, and experimenting. Just really respect that. I love that you've really <laughs> gone to town there. Nat and I are foodies. Okay. So we like No, it. not us, surely. You're not, <laughs> In case you couldn't tell. <laughs> we want to have our cake and eat it too, friends. We want to live our best life. We want everything to taste bloody amazing, but we also don't want to compromise our health. And so we have done the hard yards in our respective areas of interest to, <laughs> to bring to you like the little gems that we've discovered. Yeah, we should probably like at the end say how often we maybe eat some of these things so people get a get a context. Yeah. I think it sounds like we eat them like every single day, but anyway, we'll circle back to that. Mm-hmm. So let's move mm-hmm. on to bread. Mm-hmm. I love bread, and this was probably one of the hardest things for me when I went from you know a standard Australian type diet to going through my very like paleo purist phase where I just, and and not having literally anything processed ever, which I have since come out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I've tried a number of gluten-free breads, like, and, and this is going to sound funny, but partly it was personal, but partly it was, it was actually legit client research because I am often recommending gluten-free breads and there are so many out there and they can go terribly wrong that mm-hmm. I was like, I really should actually legitimately try a few myself so that based on what people are saying they do and don't like about the ones they've tried, I can point them into in the right direction. Mm. I wasn't mad about having to do this experiment, but uh, I am going to share with you some of the ones that I have tried. And this is not an exhaustive list, although it might sound it. <laughs> um, uh, and I apologize that I haven't tried a lot that are overseas, but some of the ones that taste and again, I'm going for like the more so the cross point of taste good while still having pretty good ingredients. I'm not going for the top tier purest ingredients like of it. Some of these do fit that, but I'm also saying that you can look at the back of these yourself and figure out which one's most in alignment with how you like to eat based on how mm. frequently you have it. So soul breads, love it. Um, the multigrain one in particular um, is probably my favorite. I've only tried, I think, the multigrain and the rice and pumpkin, but that one is in, um, I think it's mostly on the east coast of Australia and it might only be kind of northern New South Wales, Queensland-ish, um, but you can have a look at their website and see where their stockers are. Um, and that one is quite similar to normal bread, I'd say, in the way that it's quite it's not uh, it's not crumbly like some of them can be. So that one, 
also really like Paddy the Baker if you are in Sydney. Um, Noni's, if you're in Sydney as well, is really good. Um, If you're in Queensland, Marianita's, um, which is a gluten-free bakery up on the Gold Coast, they're sold in some health food shops around here. Also really delicious and good ingredients in the large majority of hers in terms of she doesn't use any seed oils or anything like that. Um, Then the nerdy paleo bread, which is a little bit more of that like nut seedy kind of texture and less of a purest kind of one grain to another grain type bread. Um, And then a couple of other ones, which a bit, I would say hit or miss, but I'm I'm naming them because there are some clients that really do actually like them, which is Naturis buckwheat bread, Naturis rice bread, and also um, I think they're called ooh, um, Pure Life or Pure Essence. I'll have to look it up. Um, uh, and there's one that is, there's two that are um, gluten-free. I think it's called Essence um, Pure Life Sprouted Bakery. That's the one. And there's two that are gluten-free and those two toasted, some people like. But I would say if you're new to the gluten-free bread space, probably the ones that I first mentioned are closer in taste and texture to regular bread than if you're, um, you know, if you're looking for that, basically. Now, I haven't tried any sourdoughs. Obviously, some people do tolerate some small amounts of gluten. I I don't, so I haven't actually tried any at all. I don't know if you've tried any or can recommend any brands. I know my mum loves... Um, uh, what are they called? Oh my gosh. Oh, you'll have to come back to me. You'll have to come yeah. back to me. I'm failing under pressure. <laughs> oh no. Look, I don't have anything in the sourdough department either because um, since discovering that I was starting to produce antibodies to gluten in my gut, I'm just like, I'm not taking the risk um, at all. And until that normalizes, I'm not going to be experimenting with anything like that. But I do have a couple of other contributions for the gluten-free arena though. Um, There's a brand, again, you can get it from Woolies or probably any supermarket, just Woolies is my local. So I'm not, hashtag not sponsored. (laughs) (laughs) Green is not my color. Um, But Toscano is a brand where they, first of all, for anyone who's not fully gluten-free, but a bit iffy, they use European grains. And so prior to going strictly gluten-free, I have absolutely had their wheat base. They do a sourdough base, which is amazing. Um, But their gluten-free base is outstanding. I cannot tell you how amazing it is. You could serve that to any pizza aficionado and they would not know it was gluten-free. It's just spectacular. Um, So highly recommend that. And then as you alluded to before, like with gluten-free breads, most of them are better as toast than as sandwich bread. Like I know Helga's does a one that's fairly soft that would definitely work as a sandwich type bread. Um, But when you heat gluten-free items, they become a lot softer. And I want to share with you a little breakfast hack I was doing there for a while using gluten-free tortillas. So gluten-free tortillas have broken my heart when it comes to actually tortillering like in a Mexican sense. So (laughs) can't say I love them for that. But what I have done is I've actually made them into like an egg omelet tortilla. And what I mean by that is I've scrambled some eggs, like raw egg, thrown it in a pan 
and then put the tortilla on top and let the two fuse together magically, flipped it over to also heat the tortilla side and then filled the inside with like ham, tomato, onion, sprouts, like dressing, like for breakfast, like a breakfast wrap. It is absolutely sensational and a really nice way to sort of enjoy a different kind of breakfast using a gluten-free product. Mm. Um, And then the one other thing I'll say is I've made gluten-free bread using those pre-mixes at home. Like, and they're really nice if you're looking for, you know, in winter where you just want like a dinner roll with a soup, you want like a soft, squishy, white, just refined piece of shit roll to dip <laughs> soup and melt your butter into like, and you don't, you really have had one half decent gluten-free one, but if you really want something nice like that, use it like baking it fresh on the first day, it's heaven. It's absolutely soft, squishy, bready, and you can do little dinner rolls or like a full loaf of bread like that and actually have some half decent sandwiches mm. um, or, or rolls. So yeah, that's, that's my contribution to the gluten-free sitch. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And Sonoma was the brand of sourdough that Ooh, yes. I haven't had myself, but my mum, who is not a foodie, so let's take this all with a grain of salt. Um, but but she has tried a lot of different things, uh, mainly because I forced her to, but so she that's been her probably one of her favorite sourdoughs. So mm-hmm. I mean, but there are there would be so many around. I do actually think that. Um, there are quite a lot of sourdough breads that are doing it well as in as far as the sourdough space goes if you aren't gluten intolerant. So mm. I just don't have much to add personally. So I won't comment there. And part of the point of this episode is to say things that we've actually tried. Mm. Um, okay. So the last thing is, I think it's the last thing, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but is alcohol. <laughs> and I actually think we have done some episodes relating to this so maybe just name like maybe your top three if there is even a top three of Mm. um alcohol free like alcohol alternatives um Mm. yeah yeah so I can't I do remember we talked a lot about the wine and I was lamenting the fact that I've yet to find a good alcohol-free wine. Um, And trust me, I've spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars actually trying them. Um, The only one I found that was good, and this is only relevant if you like a Savion Blanc, is there's a New Zealand brand called Giesen who also do excellent wine, but their alcohol-free Savion Blanc tastes exactly like a Savion Blanc. It's not too sweet. Um, But what I will say, it only tastes like that on the first day when you open it. By the second day, it just tastes like grape juice, which is my complaint with every other um, alcohol-free wine. Um, But a couple of other things to sort of check out is if you are into cocktails or like pre-mixed style drinks, I love Monday Distillery. Um, Their gin and tonic with like bush botanicals is spectacular. But I've also seen that Naked Life have brought out all kinds of little cocktails, mocktails in a can. And I've tried a couple and I have to say they are impressive, particularly because they are a much more affordable price point than Monday Distillery. Monday Distillery is pretty high end um, and they're worth it. But like if you're going to be drinking something like this every night, 
naked life might be a bit more grocery budget friendly. Mm. Um, if you want to get a bit fancy, uh, there are of course really great alcohol free spirits you can buy now, which I know is a bit of a misnomer, but Seedlip is just one brand that you can check out. So you can buy their alcohol free gin or rum or whatever it is that you like, and then put your own mixes in there. And obviously mixes can be a source of sugar and other sort of undesirable ingredients. So check out, I know Nat's mentioned Sodaly a few times. They could be a great alternative as a brand. And the last thing I'll say is if you're a beer drinker, there are some amazing alcohol-free beers actually. And I got my husband onto the Nort, N-O-R-T, which I do believe is now. That's how Bowen got onto it. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> at least it's a good friend. habit at least it's a good habit right um so naught beer I think they sell it at the supermarket but there's a few other brands that um, my husband's tried and I've sort of had a sip I'm not a beer drinker but um they taste just like a beer but um without the alcohol and um yeah so there's definitely we're, we're living in an age now where there's a lot of awareness around alcohol a lot of people are becoming very aware of also of how it's impacting their health and maybe their choices. Um, and certainly if you are looking to reduce your intake or find alternatives altogether, we're so lucky that we now live in a time where there are a lot of good alternatives except for a wooded buttery Chardonnay. So if you're listening to this and you do know of a good Bolshe Shiraz or a nice dry rosé or a wooded buttery Chardonnay that's alcohol-free, call me. I'll be your best friend. Let's share a (laughs) bottle because I am still on the hunt. And of course, if I find that on my own search, I will let you know. I love it. So good. Yes. I I unfortunately don't have anything else to add to to that conversation, but what I wanted to, is there any other categories we forgot before I circle back to what I was going to say earlier? I think we covered them all. Awesome. So what I was going to actually circle back to is having a little bit of a chat around the frequency. I know people are going to be curious, which is why I'm bringing this up um, in terms of, well, how often do we consume these types of things? Mm -hmm. And I will start by saying there's been, like this has changed for me over time and will continue to change in terms of how often I choose to have, you know, coconut ice cream or gluten-free bread or um, you know, whatever it might be. And I would say that the times when I've been really actively trying to heal something that's been out of balance in my body, I would say I've probably had, you know, more healthified treat type things, maybe once a month, if that, but that's because that's what worked for me. And because I didn't feel I didn't feel deprived. I just felt very focused and intentional on doing what I was doing in front of me. And that doesn't mean that that needs to be true for everyone. I'm more just, I guess, meeting the curiosity that I know is there. Mm. When I'm in like maintenance mode, which I'd say I'm in at the moment, I'm there's nothing really hugely wrong with my health. Um, I'm just, you know, managing things or cruising along. I'd probably say that Again, like some of these things I don't really like, so I could take or leave, but ice cream I really like. So I'd probably say I have that once every three to four weeks on average. Um, Then I would say I don't really do the cereal thing um, and literally for no other reason than I'm just not 
I'm not that interested. I guess I've got enough crunch in my life, (laughs) Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to doing that uh, even a few days a week because it's really not that much of a big deal in in my opinion, in the context Mm -hmm. of my health. Lollies, I don't really do. If I had more time, I'd make some more DIY gummies, but I wouldn't go down the path personally of the the fun day or like the store-bought ones more because I I don't like them enough to want to pay money for it or to crowd other things out that I actually enjoy eating more. So again, it's not a, I think you can't do that and it's terrible. It really depends on your situation. Um, Chips, I don't really have again, just because I'm not that interested. Um, But if they were around, I wouldn't be opposed to having them every couple of weeks if I felt like that if I was in a social situation and just wanted to try something out. But most of the time that doesn't happen. Um, I don't I don't drink alcohol, but I do have um sodaly. So I would have a sodaly maybe once a week to once a fortnight. Um and I really enjoy that as a bit of a wind down if my husband's having a wine or we're with friends and they're having a drink and I actually feel like having something besides sparkling water or normal water, then I will bring one along with me and enjoy the the ritual and, and routine. Mm-hmm. Chocolate, I have probably every second day, but just like an 85% one, maybe a couple of squares. Um, gluten-free bread, I go through such phases with, I couldn't even tell you at the moment, probably a couple of times a week. Um, and I think that covers all of them. Mm. So it really, I think, and Amy, you don't have to, uh, name yours if you don't want to, as more mm. meeting people. I know that people will be like, oh, well, sounds like you eat these all the bloody time or sound, <laughs> or like when, how much do you <clears throat> eat? And mm. what I really want to stress is I'm not you, you know, so even what I do myself, I may not tell every client, hey, you eat, you can eat this at this frequency um, because this is what I do and I'm on some kind, like I've got the perfect routine. Mm. I've got the perfect routine for me and what my goals are and what the context of my life is and my likes and dislikes and knowing my body. But that really will look different for every single person. Mm. Um, but it's just to kind of point out that yeah, I still am human. So I still have a little bit of extra sugar, you know, from time to time or have something that's not a vegetable and fruit and meat and nuts and seeds. And I don't feel at all bad about it. I think it's really just about, you know, including it where you really want it and where it's not going to compromise whatever your greater goal is. Mm. I love that. And I think it's important to not only remind people that everyone's different, but also the season you're in might look different too. And for example, like I won't go through each of those things, but um, for a long time, I really struggled with my appetite and I still do actually a bit, but it was so bad that I, I couldn't eat breakfast, but the only thing I could eat was something sweet and small. And so you know, having a an ideal breakfast of eggs and, you know, maybe ham or, you know, beef sausages and sautéed silver beet and all the rest of it, Just I just wasn't going to be able to stomach that. So for me, I went through a stage of buying paleo muesli consistently because that was my gateway out of having just a coffee and maybe a you know, uh, I think I was having keto bars there for a while. That's right. Lukaku keto bars was my breakfast. And that wasn't terrible, but it was small and it was, you know, and it was obviously not a whole food. So 
that served me really well, but I've come through the other side now where I'm eating breakfast with a fair amount of ease. I can have savory breakfast most of the time and feel really good about that. Um, Certainly for me, the alcohol-free drinks would be, I haven't, I don't really have those anymore, but there was a time when I was a lot, I was really stressed. And during the week, like I wouldn't want to have alcohol during the week because I want a good sleep and to be fresh the next day. But sometimes you just want something with dinner. Like I have a real thing about having a nice drink with dinner. And it was just like something to replace that habitual choice. Um, Now I don't really do bread or wraps. I went through a stage with the wraps, but um, you know, for me now, I might do popcorn a couple of times a month. I'd probably have chocolate every week um, at some point, but maybe a few bits a couple of times a week, maybe. Um, I don't really sort of look at it too too much. I mean, it's just really when I feel like I really want it. But, you know, mm-hmm. that could change. That could all change again in a few months when my, you know, my season is different. So ultimately, the intention of today was to not only share our favorite like healthier versions of not so healthy foods, but also to inspire you to try new things. Um, Consider that maybe you can hashtag have have your cake and eat it too by swapping out some of maybe your regular fixtures and also just experimenting with how you feel when you do that. Because sometimes we get so stuck in a rut with our habitual choices. It's kind of hard to know how much better we could feel unless we try something different. So Love to hear what you thought of this episode and what you what things you're going to try next. Yeah, or if if you have extra uh, recommendations for us, please. <laughs> like we <laughs> we are we are accepting all recommendations. So <laughs> hit us up, um, and we would love to know. And just a reminder that um, if you are looking for a practitioner to work with one to one on any of your health issues, then reach out to Amy or I. We both have information in our Instagram bio links. It's I've had a couple of questions come through lately around, am I taking on new clients? And at the time of recording this episode, which is probably like a a week before it's released or so, I am, but I only have two spots left for an August or September start. Otherwise, you're looking at October Although I, I I did put this in my newsletter and I'll share it here as well that I may be closing my one-to-one books for a short period of time soon to new clients. So if you are keen, make sure that you book in sooner rather than later. Um, and Amy, that's right. They can um, jump onto the link in your bio to apply to be a client. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can be welcome to reach out to me. I've got a form actually that allows you to share with me what's going on for you. So I've got a better sense of what you need. Um, And then from there, I can obviously talk you through what I think would be best for you. Perfect. Love that for us. Love that for them. Oh, friends, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed recording it. I'm actually feeling a little bit hungry now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) All this food chat. So we will uh, be with you all next week and we hope you have the most delightful day or night whenever you are listening to this episode. You've been listening to the Holistic Health Podcast with Amy and Nat. If you loved this episode, then make sure you share it on Instagram and give us a tag. 
If you'd like to help us spread the holistic health message far and wide, then we would also so appreciate it if you left a rating and review. This helps us more than you know. And don't forget to come and say hi over on Instagram. See you next week.